Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Welcome to church. My name's Caleb. As I mentioned and Pastor Ann mentioned, today is Pentecost Sunday and I'm going to do my best in the next few moments that we have together to explain what Pentecost is and the relevance of it today. Um, the name Pentecost comes from the Greek word, which pronunciated like this, Pentecost A, which is pretty close to what we say now, but it literally means 50, 5050. And that name comes from the sort of the Jewish calendar or the festival calendar, and um, it's also known as the Festival of Harvest or the Festival of Weeks, because it was seven weeks, seven sevens of 49 after Passover. So it was Passover, seven weeks, and then the day of festival, um, 50 days after Passover, was the start of Pentecost. All these things are so important because they, the, the disciples, the Jewish people, were celebrating Passover on the day around when Jesus was crucified. We know that. The Passover was a picture in the Old Testament. We know the story. It was a picture of God delivering his people out of slavery in Egypt. It was a picture of, uh, of God delivering his people out of the power of death through the blood of a spotless lamb. The Passover, uh, when Jesus was crucified, was a, was a fresh picture. The Old Testament was like the trailer. You know when you go to the movies and you see the short clips of what's about to come out? The, the Passover was a short clip of what Jesus was about to do. And Jesus is on the cross. He shed his blood for humanity so that we could all be aware that we have free access to deliverance from sin. Healing of our brokenness because of the blood of our sinless Savior, our spotless Lamb. Resurrection was three days after this. Pastor Ann mentioned that as well. Um, after resurrection, Jesus was around for 40 days before he ascended into heaven. His last words are recorded in Acts chapter 1, where I'd like to start this message today. I'll read Acts 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, now when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. You, have you ever been in a conversation where it's like departing words? When someone's about to leave and like, oh, before I go, I've got to tell you all these important things. This is Jesus' literally last words. He said that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, and the result of that will we will be better witnesses. This was not the first time the Holy Spirit was promised. We see this in the Old Testament by, by prophets like Joel. Joel prophesied this in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. We see John the Baptist. He, he prophesied it in Matthew 3. Um, Luke prophesied it. I mean, sorry, Jesus prophesied it in the book of Luke that we would receive this power from the Holy Spirit and the result would that we would be better witnesses of Christ. So on the day of Pentecost, let's fast forward to Acts chapter 2, the very next chapter there, and I'll read from verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
you see, they had just come out of this festival season that this was, the, this was their day. They'd just been on this journey. The last 49 days had been this journey that started, I think I forgot to mention this before, but after resurrection, it was a first fruits offering. So where they, you know, in a farming culture, they brought their first of everything. They had made sacrifice after sacrifice. This whole thing was that they were turning their attention to God. They were getting ready to receive something from God. They were getting ready to celebrate the Pentecost. And um, Acts 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. I remember the last time, I'm just going back, digressing, brain break for you. Um, the last time I preached from this passage, I was out in Don McDonnell's church. You know, his, Don McDonnell, anyway, it's called Inspire, and it's in Albany, in Auckland there, and they're right near a train line. No. Yeah, are they near a train line or a flight path? I'm getting confused between the two. And I literally read this, and I'm like, and a mighty rushing, and there's like a train or a plane, and I can just, it's really loud, like, I don't know, cheap land or something to build a church on, good idea. And it come past, I'm like, like a mighty rushing, and I said the wrong one. And I'm like, train, and it was a plane. I was like, oh man, I nearly had it. But there was this violent wind noise, and the Holy Spirit came, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Can you imagine being in the room in this moment? Can you imagine the shock, the horror, the what is going on, but being caught up in it and feeling this manifest presence of God so strong? Can you imagine that in your mind, you knew what was going on in Jerusalem at this time, that this was the harvest time. There was 120 in this room. I don't know whether they're packed in, but in my mind, it feels like they're packed in. 120 people who had received this message of repentance, that seen Jesus crucified, resurrected, that seen him forgive sins, that seen him healing brokenness, and these 120 were there. I love numbers in the Bible, do you? You know, I, I do. I get a bit sidetracked and I sort of always looking into numbers. And man, I actually think this 120 is significant, do you? Like 12 is like this, you know, and, and we do multiples of numbers when we look at bigger numbers in the Bible. And like 12 is like the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 disciples. It's like God's chosen people. 10 is the number of perfection or the law because of our 10 commandments. So it's like this. God's chosen people who are obedient <laughs> in this season, you know what I mean? Perfection, law, obedience, and responsibility. So, so God's chosen people who, are, who have a responsibility under a new covenant, they're joined with one accord, they receive the Holy Spirit. So you know what they do? They fence off the area. <laughs> they rope it off. They board the windows so that we can just sit here and enjoy the presence forever. That's not what happened at all. But maybe that's been what the church has done in different seasons, and maybe that's been what we've done in different seasons, where it's like, oh, this is awesome. Holy Spirit's moving. God's here. Let's quick, let's bottle it. Let's lock it in so we can experience this forever. But that wasn't the purpose of the Holy Spirit. 
our enjoyment and our feelings we receive from the Holy Spirit are awesome. I love it. But it's a byproduct. It's not the goal. The goal of the Holy Spirit is to equip us to be ministers of Jesus' grace, of his new life, of forgiveness of sin, so that others could experience what we've experienced. The crowd's response to this in in verse 5 of Acts chapter 2, it says, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem devout, sorry, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So Holy Spirit comes in like this mushy, like this mighty rushing wind or mushy wind. You can put them together if you like. Tongues of fire appear on everyone, and these guys start speaking. All these people gathered together in this upper room, men and women, they start speaking in unknown tongues, and all these people that were gathered at Jerusalem for this festival season start hearing these people speak in their own native languages, and what is going on? They ask the questions, and then a little bit further in verse 14, Peter stands up, and he says this, standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea, and all, who dwell, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God said. Listen to this. Actually, can we do something different? Could we stand for a moment? I only do this because I just want to bring attention to this next few verses. And sometimes my mind's in a billion places, so I'm sure yours is as well. And this is what he says. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy Your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath. I'm desperate to see fresh signs of God moving in our earth. Are you? I'm desperate for it, man. The best days of the church are not in the past. The moon, where am I up to? Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of our Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That whoever, I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of whoever's in my world. That whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God, we just pray. God, we just pray in this moment. God, this Acts chapter 2, God, we just pray, Lord, that we would see your kingdom come. We would see your spirit outpoured afresh in our daily lives. God, we want to be ministers of you, we pray. In Jesus' name.
Let us see this come to pass, we pray. Let us see evidence of you at work within our lives personally, within our meetings corporately, and God, within healings and signs in our world, we pray afresh in Jesus' name. You may be seated as I continue to read. I'm skipping down a lot, I know I'm reading a lot of scripture, and then the birth of the church happens. So Peter gets on, he continues his message, literally the best message is ever preached. And down in verse 40, it says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his words were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. How cool is Peter in this story? 3,000 people respond. This is the festival of harvest. This is Pentecost. John's fame, I mean, sorry, Peter is famous for his denials of Christ. Like literally, pre-Holy Spirit... (laughs) encounter in this upper room, he denies Jesus three times. What's changed? (laughs) Holy Spirit has been poured out. He's received this gift of tongues. He's filled completely with the Holy Spirit and he preaches and 3,000 people respond. He can't even acknowledge that he knows Jesus three times pre-Holy Spirit. This is what 1-8... Acts 1.8 was talking about when Jesus said that we'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. And you shall be witnesses. Highway Church is a Pentecostal church. And that means that this Pentecost Sunday in particular has formed elements of our theology and what we believe as a church. Highway Church is part of a denomination called the Australian Christian Churches. It used to be called the Assemblies of God. And our doctrine around the Holy Spirit is that we believe not only in the filling of the Holy Spirit, but we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well. So what do we believe about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you what we believe. We believe, firstly, is that it's distinct and subsequent to salvation. There's two distinct moments. I personally believe it looks like this. That at the point of salvation, that we're filled, or that we become aware of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? So I believe it's distinct and subsequent to salvation, at the point of salvation. This is why someone who isn't a Pentecostal has the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. Do we all agree that? You don't need to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit because otherwise that would be a very narrow, limited point of view and we would say this is the only expression of the Holy Spirit and that's not true. I believe at a point of salvation, point of conversion, point of awareness of God, whether that's God's always been in us and is the air that we breathe and everything or not, we become aware that the Holy Spirit is active in our life. This is why as Christians we can have the fruit of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit is ministering in and through us. 
The second thing that we believe about baptism of the Holy Spirit is that we believe that it's evidenced by the gift of tongues. We see that example here and two more other distinct moments in the book of Acts where it records, and they were baptized in the Spirit and spoke in tongues. We believe the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to empower us, empower the church to witness the risen Christ. Do we know this? That Jesus wants us to share our faith. Because it feels like maybe it's just our culture of the day, but it's almost like, no, your faith is a personal thing, Slats. Don't bring your faith into this workplace. Hopefully my workplace is okay, but... (laughs) Hey, that's a personal thing, your faith. Don't bring that here. That's a personal issue, but not according to Jesus. According to Jesus, the purpose of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives was to be better witnesses of Him. So what do I believe about baptism in the Holy Spirit? (laughs) Good question. I'm glad you asked. I believe it's a gift. Is it a necessity? No, it's not. I don't think, uh, my theology is not that one day we'll get to heaven and it's like, hey, the password's actually in tongues. Did you receive that on earth? Because you need to say it now so you can get in. I don't believe that. I believe it's a gift. I, receive, I, I believe that it's received by faith. I believe that it's like a heavenly language. It's an unknown tongue. I was talking to Dan about sort of baptism in the Holy Spirit this week, and he, and he made this statement that I wrote down that was cool. He said, people are identified by their language. I believe us being filled with the Spirit are identified by our language. But that's cool to say what I believe, but then what have I experienced about the baptism in the Holy Spirit? I've experienced a few things. Me, personally, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit as a kid. I'm assuming maybe I was about nine or ten or something like that, and it was kind of done a lot more in that era than it is now in my church experience. And I remember responding, walking down the front, and I remember a guy prayed for me, and it's funny because the guy who prayed for me is a legend, but he was just a normal guy. And he, and he said, do you want to receive the gift of speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'm like, yeah. That's kind of why I'm down here. I was just a kid. I was doing kind of what everyone else was doing, to be honest. And I walked down there, and he, said, and he prayed for me, and then he said, now start to speak. And you know what? This is a great example of childlike faith. <laughs> Do you know that it's easier to be baptized in tongues? My experience has shown as a young person than as an older person. My experience in youth ministry has seen that <laughs> everyone gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, um, well, majority of people. And, um, and then he said, start to speak out, Caleb. And, man, I didn't know what to say. But I had this childlike faith that if that preacher said it, and that person seems to do it, well, then I'm going to start to do it. It was like, it was as simple as that. And I started to speak out, and it was like, I don't know whether I was saying like tar or something, like, which is funny because that's what I'm teaching honey at the moment. That's what we teach our kids. Hey, just start with tar, like tar. We say this simple baby language, but that was almost what it was like. And you know what? If I look back, I actually think I was probably copying him. Like this guy I was praying for, I probably just said the same syllables that he said. And then, and then it was like this, and it felt a bit forced, to be honest. 
It felt a bit like ta, ta, and then it started, all of a sudden it just started to click and it just like, I just like, I, I could hear sounds coming out of my mouth that I hadn't actually thought about before. Does that make any sense? It was just like, it just started to flow. And in that moment, it's like, it edified my spirit. Like, the best way I can say it is that it built something on the inside of me and I felt the presence of God and it was like, all I could, I couldn't even focus on what I was saying, but I could just feel this spirit at work on the inside of me. So that's how I received this baptism, the Holy Spirit story. I've experienced it, like I said, edifying my spirit. I think that it ignites my faith because it takes faith to say something that I have no clue what I'm saying. (laughs) It's come in really handy over the years when I haven't known what to pray. Maybe you'll know or you've experienced that. Like me, it's like life just gets really hectic sometimes. (laughs) And it's like I've run out of words. I don't know what to say, God. I don't even know how to articulate what I need from you right now. This is really tough. And tongues has been such a blessing and a strength in my life personally in those moments. When words cannot convey the situation that we're in. My experience has been that my, my, my prayer language or this sort of gift of tongues, that it's changed over time. Like sometimes it, it sounded familiar for different seasons, but then it's like, it kind of shifted at different stages in my life. Not intentionally, I didn't try it. Sometimes I've noticed that when I pray in tongues a long time, that it will shift halfway through. Like if I was just to speak for a couple of minutes, it would be, I don't know, stuff that I may have probably heard before. So I'm trying to articulate something here that is experience. So it's hard to put words and language around, but, but I've noticed that, the whole, that my prayer language would be like this for a moment, and then it's like if I did it for an extended period of time, like it would click into a, another gear, and it would sound differently. I've, have, has anyone experienced that? Can you understand what I'm saying? And then I've had heaps of experiences of praying for others to receive this same baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I've noticed the freshness in their spirit and their faith journey. Like I said, by far majority of these experiences have been in youth ministry, they've been at youth camps where there was this like tenacity for God, a bit of hype, (laughs) a lot of passion, and this childlike faith. So that's what our church believes. That's what I believe and that's what I've experienced about this gift of tongues and this Holy Spirit. So now, I guess the ball's in your court. Is this a necessity to be in? No. No, but I believe this is a cool opportunity that we get to be a part of. So this may get a bit different right now, but I'm gonna ask the band to come. I'm gonna pray for our online congregation and then I'm going to give an invitation if anyone this morning, I've asked the prayer team and all of our staff to be ready to pray if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. Hey, God, right now, God, I pray, Lord, that something that I spoke about would start an internal conversation of what you want and whether you want to be at work in our lives in this way. God, I pray over everyone watching online right now 
God, I pray, Lord, that if they want to receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you would minister to them right now. And all it has to be is a simple prayer just saying, hey, let me receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. And then we would put our faith into action, open our mouths and start to pray in an unknown language. So God, I pray of everyone online and everyone at home right now. God, I pray, Lord, that they will receive your baptism in the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, guys, just this one more thing for the online church. If you're online, we've got people praying for you now. If you just drop a comment below, they would love to pray with you to answer any of your Holy Spirit questions right now. Thank you. But in the room, maybe you're here and... (laughs) Maybe you've tried to do this before. Try again. Try again. Because faith isn't for a moment or a season or an altar call, but faith is a journey for our lives. And we are people of faith. So can we stand to our feet right now? The band's going to play just quietly for a moment. I'm going to ask firstly, in this place, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, would we pray in tongues on this day of Pentecost? Would we start to speak in an unknown language and build faith in the room for others that may want this gift today? And then if you're in this room, maybe you haven't experienced this, maybe you've tried once and you had it for a week and you're not sure, I'd like to encourage you to come down the front. We'd love to stand with you, to pray with you, and in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, baptize you in the Holy Spirit today. So come on, let's pray. Louder, louder, louder. And if that's you, come down the front, and we would love to pray together. Thank you.